0: Thanks for joining us for this podcast. I invite you to visit our website, churchatwellington.com, where you can find more information. If you're in the Little Rock area, our church is located just off Chenal Parkway on Wellington Village Road. We would love to meet you and have you come to worship with us. Enjoy this message. Looking forward to the 30 days or 21 days of prayer. You can make it 30 if you want to. <laughs> Amen. It won't hurt a thing in the world, I assure you. So just go and enjoy. Have a good time praying. You know, somebody says, let's pray and let's see what God will do. Well, if you pray long enough, I'll tell you exactly what God will do. He will change you. (laughs) Amen. You're not going to change God. He's who he is. He's established. and He's already got his mind made up. He knows exactly what his plans are for each one of us. Can I hear amen? I said he knows the plans that he has for each one of us. I mean, he knew that from the time that we were in our mother's womb. He knew what he had purposed, and he will perform it. And I'm thankful today to know that I'm in that place where I can experience the joy of knowing. And I am um, just a country boy. Won't take you long to figure that out. I was raised in the southern part of this state and uh, raised in a preacher's home and uh, didn't ever want to preach, (laughs) never asked to, I've just always been willing to let God do whatever he wants to and somehow he's kept me busy for uh, nearly 60 years, 50 of those which have been uh, ordained and I thank God for it, I wear my pen thankfully. All it takes is one mistake for them to put you on some kind of a, an assigned responsibility of, of having to recover yourself, and that cycle breaks. So out of all the years of ministry, I thank God that I've never been censored. I've never been before a judgment of any kind concerning my lifestyle. And I want to talk about some of that this morning. You know, God wants us to hear him and to follow him. One of the commands that he gave to the disciples as he was walking through in his beginning ministry was he told them, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. And one he said, I'll make you fishers of men, which put a whole other application on his reason for fishing. So as we enjoy knowing what his purpose is, I think about Dr. J.D. Kennedy, who was a great Presbyterian minister from down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, did a great ministry and had evangelism explosion back in the years that some of you never knew because you weren't born yet, but had a great vision and a man who loved Jesus. Above everything else, this man loved Jesus, and his goal was that every Christian would get one person reached a year. If every Christian would win one person a year to the Lord Jesus Christ, in four years we could convert the world. <laughs> Think about it. But he had the four-unit series that we all went through back in the day, I don't I think Pastor Jackson probably remembers those big gray books. It was like big uh, notebooks, and uh, we went through them all, had our study courses, our training courses, and, and we went out and knocked on doors, and, and we did our best to lead people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It was not a church growth campaign. It was just a great, great plan to follow Jesus and, and win souls to Jesus Christ. That was our goal. Many, many people came to Jesus through that process, but it was because people were willing to say, okay, I will go. I will go. And as we look upon the Word of God, we understand some of the terminologies and languages that the Bible uses, and I kind of still hang around the King James Version, and some people say that's because you're an old fogey, call me what you want to, that's all right. (laughs) I still love Jesus. And I still walk with Jesus. I talk with Jesus. I live for him. And he is my best friend. He's my best friend. There's never a day that goes by in my life that Jesus is not with me and being a friend to me and helping me in my life. Because it's a full-time relationship that we developed a long time ago. I accepted the Lord. Uh, I don't know. I mean, some people say, well, you know, you just kind of grow into it. Well, no. I remember when I got saved. I mean, it was a messy situation. I mean, I didn't have any handkerchief, and there was no Kleenexes on the altars back then, and, and you just used your arm. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but I had a great conversion. I had a great moment in time where the Spirit of God spoke to my heart and I knew that I needed to find Jesus his forgiveness and apologize to him for the awful, terrible person I was at 11 years old. It was really a a bad moment, you know. I mean, I was 11 years old, and man, you know, I I was a hideous sinner. I mean, that's how I felt. I mean, I would never killed anybody by this time. I wasn't on drugs by this any time. I mean, I was raised in church all my life. I mean, it didn't matter if it was school or not. We were there, and uh if, they used to have two-week training courses, Sunday school teachers and different officers in the church, and they'd go for five nights and then another five nights. And in the middle, that middle week, they'd have revival. You know, the teacher would be a preacher, so he'd just stay in the middle there, and he'd kind of do a revival right there in the middle of all this. And then Monday night, it started over again, and, uh, you know, I wasn't even open enough to I wasn't old enough to teach. I mean, I wasn't even a teacher yet, but I had to be there because my dad was the pastor. <laughs> preacher's kids. That's why preacher's kids, a lot of them don't serve the Lord today because they got mad because they had to. And when they got old enough, they just took off. You know, I so said, I'm not going to do that anymore. But I'm glad that I didn't do that. I I, I thank God for the value Of the word of God and for the teachings that I heard that I probably didn't even understand what they were talking about, but it had its meaning in my life and God worked with it and used it in my life from from that day forward, even till this day. I thank God for it. I'm grateful that God uses us. I'm not worthy, you know, to say that I'm worthy of, of God using me and Say that I'm worthy to be in this place where I am right now? I cannot say that because it is a very high and holy place. And I am humbled with the very fact that God can take this little country boy and do something with him and uh, let him be a blessing to people if I can be and if God will allow me to be. And I want that to happen today because I want us to think about something that we seldom think about. And I've titled this message today, 2019, and I've used the word thee in the King James language, uh, T-H-E-E, because that's when we say thee, you know, in the frame of, of addressing God, then it is a word that we know thee, thou, thee, you know, it's, it's his word, and it's his year that we're coming upon, the year, the year, I remember Pastor Jackson, when we walked across the grass and waded the creek and found our way back in here when the church bought this property uh, several years ago, over 20, I know. It's a, a little little longer, whatever. And uh, uh, just the, the, the fact that we were going to this place and I, I looked at his face as I was standing there I happened to be the presbyter over the central Arkansas section of our fellowship. And I stood there and looked at the gleam in his eye and looked at the smile on his face as he stood here and he said, on this ground, he said, this is where we're going to build our new church. (laughs) And I said, praise God, you know, wonderful. And God provided the funds and, you know, and all the transition of the former church that sold and whatever and, and brought, they bought the property, they built the building and and all the things that's been done then all of a sudden they realize they're on the backside of nowhere. <laughs> and the only way you can get here is through St. Charles subdivision and most people don't go this far back from St. Charles. So so it's been it's been a challenge to say the least over some previous years. But thank God God did it anyway and God has a plan. And I believe that not only is this year of 2019 the year, I believe it is his time for the church at Wellington. Amen. Will you agree with me? Come on. Pastors over here saying amen. What about the rest of us? All right. I believe this year is the year for the church at Wellington. Give the Lord a clap offering. Wake up, church. Amen. 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 Praise God. Not because I'm so great, not because Pastor Jackson is so great it's because he is so great praise God he's the one hallelujah what a joy it is to be a part of what God is doing you see God's plan is working and I've given some scriptures here and I'd like to go with uh, the go and turn to to the lower notes there, if you would, to, to the Savior. Number eight, the Savior, he is our one who has brought us into reconciliation and gave, given us our redemption, and he's made us a child of God. That's the word that God has given us in the Luke, Luke chapter two. We've just been through the story of the Christmas events that's, that's gone on in the birth of Jesus Christ. He was born, and he was proclaimed the savior of the world man the savior of the world uh, yeah i back a few years ago my uh, barber retired that i'd used for many many years and and uh i said i've got to find a barber i've used a hairdresser <laughs> You know, and you, you get you get a lady who dress who d- cuts women's hair. They try to cut a man's hair like that. And I don't like the poofed up stuff on the back. Hmm. I'm not trying to grow a man's bun. I just want a man's haircut. You know, that's all I want. You know. I'm not. You don't. It's not hard to do. But I I have a. I've been blessed with a lot of hair. You know, <laughs> it's, it really is thick. And uh, every one of them tells me, said, you know, it's like cutting two heads of hair. You know. <laughs> Two times, you know, I said, because they have to thin it out. They they don't know what thinning out is. But when I was younger and my barber, he knew what thinning out was. Now they call it texturing. (laughs) And I never got that word down. So I couldn't communicate with my person that was cutting my hair. You know, I was saying you need to thin it out. And if I'd have known the word texturing, we'd have done well. Anyway, I found one right here by the church. You know. So yesterday I was driving around. I said, I'm going to drive over try that barbershop there in Wellington, that little shopping center right right down here. And uh, sure enough, I go in there, and, and I'm not really ready to get my hair cut. I've got on my hat, and I've kind of been out working, and I wasn't real clean. I, you know, I don't like to go to the barbershop like that. I like to be prepared and somewhat presentable and, uh, and this lady was sitting, standing back there in the back said come on I'll cut your hair right now you know and I said well I didn't come to get a haircut right now so well when are you going to get it cut right now is as good as any time so she convinced me and I went back and she cut my hair and it was interesting because uh, I got back there and I had my hat on my cap on and on that cap is got I love Jesus <laughs> not ashamed to wear it and you say amen all right don't be ashamed of it and I got back there and I took my cap off and laid it aside and I pulled out a card out of my wallet and I said this is who I am she said yeah I figured you were a preacher with that I love Jesus cap on I said, yeah. anyway." got to talking to her and she went to school with my son uh and uh, the secretary I hired from McClellan High School when I was in the district office, Mickey, and uh, she went to school with all those kids in McClellan, and she was right in the middle of it. And I found out that she goes to North Little Rock First Assembly. And uh, I said, "That's a great church, a great church. It really is. I'd never be critical of another church. That's a great church do a lot of great things. She yeah, they're always busy doing stuff. I said, yeah, I admire that. That's wonderful. It really is. Wonderful. I said, but why do you want to drive all the way over there when you can go right here, you know? I mean, seems simple to me. <laughs> so anyway, we laughed a little and talked a little bit, but uh, just a long story. I'll not go into all of that, but People everywhere, and she knew where the church was. She said, well, you're right here next door. I said, absolutely. (laughs) So had a good haircut and a good visit with a Christian sister that is out here working and uh, making a provision for her home, for her family. What a blessing it is. Praise God. So Jesus the Savior brought us into a place of reconciling our lives that has been wrecked by sin, into a right relationship with Jesus Christ who has been sent to redeem us, to save us, to forgive us of all of our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I like to go to the 103rd Psalms, which is, fits right in here and is so beautiful the way it sets in. It says in, in the verse 1 through verse 6, a Psalm of David said, Bless the Lord. Every time I read this verse, I think about a brother that got saved when I was pastoring in Heber, in Heber Springs. He came from the Mormon. He was a huge guy. He had two doctorate degrees and his name was Jerry Jackson. And uh, he had a Georgia broke because he went to, he got one of his doctorates from Georgia State. And uh, he'd sat back then. And he was a single guy, way overweight and uh, uh, just, but a jolly, jolly soul. He really was. He got saved and he began to learn things and One Sunday, he was at church, and he said, Pastor, can I say something? I said, sure, Doc, you can say whatever you want to. It's all right. He stood up, and he said, I've been told all my life that Pentecostal people had fits. Nobody's ever told you that? (laughs) That's what we get accused of, you know. Man, those people have fits. They scream and holler. and..." You know, well, we don't do as much of it as we used to. <laughs> shame, shame. Anyway, said so, but I was reading in the Bible today, and I learned out something wonderful. <laughs> and here's what he was reading. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He said, that's what you have. You have benefits. You don't have fits. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I believe in those benefits. I really do. I'm excited about the things that God has provided for us. You know, he's taken care of everything we need. It didn't have to be passed by any body, any committee, any party, any group, he took care of it and sealed the deal with himself, on the cross, with his blood, amen, that's a word you don't hear in many pulpits anymore blood, <laughs> but it's that part that makes it count, praise God, it's that part that redeems the soul. It's that part that forgives us of our sins and puts us in line to receive his benefits. Amen. Makes sense to me. He forgives all of our iniquities. He heals all your diseases. (laughs) Some people say, I don't believe in miracles. Those days are over. Well, don't worry. You won't have one. Nobody's going to force a miracle on you. (laughs) You've got to want it. You've got to receive it. Praise God. Enjoy the benefits that God has given you who redeems your life from destruction. I mean, what kind of deal can you find that's better than this? I don't know of one who crowns you with his loving kindness and tender mercies. <laughs> Woo, we need a lot of that. We need to ship a whole bunch of packages to Washington, D.C. <laughs> Amen. Who satisfies. He satisfies our lives. What a great joy. In this great blessing that God has given us, we should always be open to receive the good things that God has prepared for us. He satisfies us. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is what? Renewed. I won't tell Brother Cliff, okay? He told me a story. He said he felt old the other day, you know. He can tell you what happened. <laughs> Amen. But, see, God is in the business of restoring your youth. You don't have to get old. You don't have to get old. I mean, you know, your body can have a few years, but you don't have to crumble because of it. You know, your sister Juanita and sister Betty, huh? I mean, we've got two of the liveliest sparks right here in the whole church, and they're the older two people in this building. But they love Jesus, and they're excited, and they said, I thank God I was able to make it to another service today. is that what you said, Sister Betty? Wow. Well, huh? I mean, you just, it never goes away. You just keep on keeping on. Hallelujah. What a joy. What a joy. I mean, you know, it's great to experience that. He renews our youth like eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Now, when you hear that word justice, there's a big negativity that just kind of comes alive in our mind, in our spirit. But think about it. Don't do that because that's not what it is his justice is his fairness I mean he's judge but is he an unjust judge no he judge judges with fairness with goodness with love Amen. So realize that everything he does, either side of his person as a as a mighty man, as as a man of God, he is always on your side to help you in every circumstance, in every situation. God wants us as his people to raise our standard to more than a rebound or a rescue. Mentality in our relationship with Him. Amen? He wants us to understand that He is the same God when you're getting along fine, when you're not having an emergency. He is the same God when you're not falling down and failing. He is the same God who lives with you every day, and He is the one who can keep you from falling. Said so in his word. He keeps us from falling. I'd rather him just walk with me and me walk with him and him keep me from falling rather than having to pick me up with my face in the mud all the time. We spend more time talking about our failures than we do about our successes. We want to talk about how bad whatever it was, was. I mean, you know, if I had surgery, it's the worst surgery of this kind that anybody else has ever had, you know. (laughs) We want to brag about it. Hey. That's the wrong side to be emphasizing in our lives. Let's stand up and say, praise God, God walks with me. He brings me through. He helps me in every circumstance. He is my friend. He is the one who holds me and carries me. He, he lifts me up. He does what I, needs to be done to help me in every step of my life. Day-by-day relationship. I, I know the mentality, you know, you You have people who said, well, you know, if you're going to serve the Lord, you can expect the devil to really give you a hard time. (laughs) You know, the devil don't give me a hard time. He don't. The devil pretty well leaves me alone. You say, well, are you special? I'm just following Jesus. He don't want to be anywhere close to Jesus. Because he's already been dealt with by my friend Jesus. And I remember when I'd come home from school walking, you know, a mile uphill both ways. (laughs) I remember, you know, there were some people that I didn't want to really uh, encounter on that little strip of journey, you know, because there were some mean dudes out there. (laughs) I got my word in, dude, all right. (laughs) It's done for the day. (laughs) But there were some who were, caring and protecting protective and would stand with you and i would want to stay close to them because those other guys wouldn't bother you as long as you had somebody that had already taken care of them close to you remember in the fifth sixth grade i had a friend down in ashley county his name was charles donaldson he was a pretty good-sized boy uh, for a, a, a fifth grader sixth grader and uh Man, when it come play, playground time, you know, out on the playground, Charles was my buddy, and I stayed close to Charles because he took care. <laughs> I didn't have to fight. I didn't have anybody harassing me. I didn't have anybody aggravating me because I had a friend that was big enough to take care of them. <laughs> and they knew he would if it was necessary. That's how I am with Jesus. <laughs> Amen. That's how I am with Jesus. I want to stay close enough to him that the devil don't want to be around me. Come on. (laughs) Hallelujah. You say, you mean you can live like that? By all means, he just said so in his word. I don't have to make up things to justify how I feel about the Lord. That's who he is. That's what he does. He is my God. Raise our standard to more than a reflex relationship with God when all of a sudden we find ourselves in a place where, oh, God, help me. We let God take care of it as you walk along together. He's your friend. Best friend you'll ever have. He's declared it for you. He said, I'm a friend that will stick closer to you than a brother. Praise God. Wow. What a God we serve. What a God we serve. Build a relationship that helps us to walk in that path and to realize that as we're walking along with him, he's loaded with benefits. Benefits. And go back and read them if you need to every now and then on the 103rd Psalm. Read them every now and then if you need to. Go back and remind yourself who you're walking with. (laughs) He's the one. Amen. Takes care of us. Provides for us. Makes a way for everything we need. He is. He's never gotten anyone lost yet. Nor will he ever. He's always leading us to that place it is in a higher place with him. So we must set our sights on things above. He says, look into the hills from which cometh thy help. <laughs> Talking about our redemption, but it talks about our daily living in him as well. He's our God. He's our God. Hallelujah. Set your sights on things above. You know, there's much more to look for than, you know, being in that place on the east side with George Jefferson. <laughs> Amen. You know, than being on the top floor of, of the complex. There's more than that in your life that is available to you. Romans 8, 13 says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will not feel good. You'll be able just to squeak by. Now, what the word says? The word says you will die. You will die. So well, I don't want to die. Then don't live according to the flesh. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But if by the Spirit you do mortify the deeds of the body, of the flesh, you shall live. And that's where I want to live. I mean, just like Pastor said, you're not going to be on this earth forever, but it is appointed unto man once to die, and I've already died. I mean, I went to the altar, and this old boy was was dead and buried when I came up from that altar, and a brand new creature had come alive in this little body. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. Don't laugh too loud, Carlton. Amen. God wants us to realize that he lives. He's alive. And we live in him and he lives in us. Amen. We're a team, Jesus and you. Jesus and me. Amen. Miss those old songs. I travel along. Along this lonesome road. The burden was heavy and my head hanged low. But I looked for a friend, not knowing that he had all along been looking for me. Well, friend, it's Jesus and me for each tomorrow. Amen. For every heartache, and every sorrow, it's Jesus and me. Praise God. What a joy to know that he is with us. God with us. We've just declared it this season. God with us. He is our God with us. He's not once removed. He is with you. All it takes is a simple prayer. A simple, humble prayer of saying, God, I need you. I ask you to forgive my sins because they separate me from you. And Lord, I want that separation to end And I want you, Lord, to forgive my sin, to remove them, to blot them out, to cast them into the sea of forgiveness where they'll never be remembered again. Put them aside forever, God, and let us have the relationship that you have died to provide. Amen. He didn't save you to abandon you. He saved you to make your life the greatest life you can ever have. Amen? What a joy. What a joy. Praise God. What a joy. Woo. You know, he he made the price. He was our Savior. Wasn't long right there in that same little verse. He, you know, he he come along and, and they said, you know, where, where is he? Where is he? You know, he, he, he don't really know for sure, you know, but... They found him and he 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 was busy talking to educators, talking to priests, talking to people who are senior to him and he was giving them understandings that they had no idea one as young as this could even know about. Mama said, "Hey son, it's time for us to go home." And she said he said, he said, "I must be about my father's business." I must be about my father's business. Amen. Brother Brock, when you're out there detectiving, amen. You gotta be about your father's business. Amen. Amen. Brother Mike, when you're out there patrolling, you're you gotta be about your father's business. Amen. You may work for Mall or you may work for North Little Rock. Don't really matter you're on an assignment from the throne room of God to do the Father's business, whatever your job is. You may go through the process of of doing your work that you know has to be done, you know, stopping the crooks and ganging up the gangsters and dopers and all that kind of stuff. That's what you're doing for the, the human side. But for the spiritual side, you're doing the Father's business. You're taking care of His work even with those that, you are administering the state laws to. Amen. They both do. Praise God. What a joy. Brother Cliff, he's out there picking up body parts and samples and all kinds of stuff to take them to the lab and to make sure they're all handled properly and all that. And and, and and while he's doing his job, he has opportunities with people that he meets in the going to and the from in that place where, where he's working or where he's picking up specimen or whatever he's doing. It may be a hard, I don't really know what all he handles, but it's all properly packaged and he doesn't really see what it all is. But uh, he's talking to people about Jesus. Why? Because He's on an assignment. He's not there to just do the work of their medical needs and their helps, but he's there on an assignment to see that heart that's broken, to see that life that's in distress, to see that situation that they don't know what to do about and say, I know someone who can help you. (laughs) Hallelujah. and Praise with them. They humbly enter in. And they're so appreciative and thankful that somebody passed by who was walking with God and who God was using that was above the flesh, above the natural, into the supernatural. Hallelujah. Woo! <laughs> Glory. Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah. Father's been as he was a Savior, he is an example, and he has a purpose for us. I like that. Philippians, third chapter, fourth verse, 14th verse. Paul is speaking of his relationship to God, he is letting people know that there is more than what is the daily earthly activities and the duties that you have to perform. There's more to it, and this is them. He said, I press. (laughs) I press. That's how you get there. little woman, you know, she was pushing her way through the crowd just to touch the hem of the garment of Jesus. I'm pressing through. I want to be close to Jesus. I'm pressing, hallelujah, toward the mark for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Making a place. That's what God is doing. He is making a place for the children. (laughs) Not just any children, but the children. God's children. Amen. He needs us to be engaged, to be activated. He said, I want them to know that I have the answer. Amen. Not just any answer, but the answer. He said, I am the answer healer, get it, I am the increase, how many of you want an increase, all right, whatever, could be wages, you know, everybody needs an increase in wages, you keep hearing people talking about how the good, how good the wages are and how much more people are working and how they're living better, you say, I want some of that, I really do, yeah, don't you? It's all—it's a human thing to desire, and we should. I mean, I don't know of anybody, except maybe one, <laughs> I don't—I don't really know about him. I mean, he's always tweeting, and uh, that says I don't need anything. <laughs> I don't need anymore. Everybody says, "Boy, it would be nice if I had more, so I could do more of the things that I wanted to do for God." that I could provide more for the things that I wanted to provide for my family. You know, all of these things are out there in that process, and we all have these same desires. We want increase, and he says, I am the increase. Amen. Now, this year is wrapping up, and you don't have long to give it, but one of the greatest things you can do for God and for yourself is pay your tithe first. Puts it in order. Amen? You say, well, I can't afford to tithe. (laughs) That's why you can't afford to tithe, because you don't. (laughs) I mean, if you did, you could afford to tithe. I mean, God will bless it. (laughs) Now, I'm not a believer in, you know, the perfect gift that you've got to give God so that he'll bless you with the perfect blessing. That don't bother me at all. I mean, that don't influence me at all. I mean, you know, I hear about the word of God where it says the love of money is the root of all evil. He didn't say money. He said the love of money is the root of all evil. And I hear these people talking about money, money, money. I said they're evil. You say, well, how can you say that? Because they love money. And you should never love money We need it, and we're thankful for it, but it should never be our reason for getting up in the morning and living and going on in life. So he says, he will be your increase, the inspiration. That's who he is. He is the inspiration for your life. He is the satisfaction. There's no other satisfaction except from him. Thank you, Sister Betty, for saying amen on your way. Keep on preaching with me out the door, all right? I need that, amen. (laughs) She has to leave early. It's all right. And he is, let me say this to you, and I want you to understand. He says, I want you to know I am the strong family. Let it soak in. I'm the strong family. I'm the strong family. I'm your answer. I'm the one who strength, gives strength to your family. He said, when you're in need of shelter, he said, I am the shelter. The shelter. The lifter-upper. The anchor. Whatever you need. The way maker. He just goes on. And on and on. It's unending. The answer, the solution for every part of our lives. God, 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 God. This morning I want to do something that's kind of old fashioned. What would you expect? Amen. I know we made a decision to follow Christ if we're following him, but, you know, many times I have to just stop and say, God, I need to recommit myself to you. We're winding down 2018. We go through life and life has its cycles and, you know, we have maybe family, friends, no doubt everyone here has had someone that has passed away this year. and We think about how brief life is in the moments of those somber thoughts of eulogizing someone and giving their, them their last words of honor. We think about just how temporary, We are. And the thing that I come back with personally is, God, I want you to help me to do better in the time I have left than I've ever done in any phase of my life. Amen. Amen. God, I'm not quitting. I'm not stopping, I'm not fading away, I'm not declining, I want to be that one who stands stronger, more determined than I've ever been in all of my life. And with that thought in mind this morning, I want you to join with me, sing an old song that we will come and stand together around The altar's at the front of our sanctuary this morning. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. Amen. Would you join together and say, Let's make a fresh commitment, a fresh decision to say, I'm going to serve God greater than I've ever served him before as God enables me. Will you do that this morning? Praise God. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back, just a moment. You know, this morning I I listened to the preachers on radio and TV, on television as I'm Getting ready to leave. And, you know, most of the sermons I heard this morning were, you know, uh, you're in a storm. You're in a storm. You know, God will help you out of the storm. And I said to my wife, I said, that's not what I'm preaching. I'm preaching that we are above the storm. There may be a storm going on, but I'm not in it. I determined not to be. I will not be a part of that storm. I'm going to rise above it. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you would like to support our church or ministries, visit our website, churchatwellington.com. Click on the Donate tab and select the method that works best for you. Again, thanks for listening.